0: Primary
1: ignition.
0: This is Star Wars. Look out! Core, world, Yes. You may fire when ready. All right. You can't do it justice, really. You know? <laughs> Grex. It's tough. Might be to never let Grex have a day off again. Right. All right. Anyways, here's here goes nothing. <clears throat> From the bright center of the galaxy, I am Ben Kelbarg, and you're listening to Core World News, your holiday news source for all the latest Star Wars stories from around the galaxy. And now, for our new segment rundown for June 26, 2021, 99 Problems and a Bad Batch Ain't One. And now, this news.
1: Grex? 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 Grex?
0: And Where well, where's Grex? Uh, we yeah, there was a scheduling snafu and uh, Grex and Grant coincidentally both had uh, this weekend off. Unfortunately, uh, we won't have them with our broadcast, so that was my sorry interpretation of Grex's <laughs> lovely and robust introduction. Please excuse. You did uh, you did great. <laughs> I appreciate you, Adam, for <laughs> lying so convincingly. uh anyways we had a bunch of news in star wars this week so uh why don't we dig in on it um the one that popped to me first was we have acolyte news which is awesome i'm really looking forward to that new live action series um the uh director uh producer actually uh, leslie headland was interviewed by the av club earlier and uh, she said the acolyte will start filming in february of 2022 in london um in pinewood studios and um it's, it's expected that they will use uh the you know they're, they're actually going to build a volume there in pinewood yeah and um they're just these things are popping up everywhere now Yeah,
1: don't they have one in australia too now or they're building one
0: yeah. yeah um why not man they're relative like compared to building sets it's super cheap so yep. uh, yeah so it's fantastic um That's really big news. And um, there was a a lot of good nuggets in there. I guess we should just start with the fact that it's actually going forward, which is good news, right?
1: It's really good news. This is not of the ones that were announced. This is one that I thought might be a little later in production, right? It might actually have fallen out into 2023. But there's a good chance if they're they're starting to film in early next year, that it probably might premiere by the end of next year, right? Like, because I think they started recording... Book of Boba Fett early this year, and that's yeah coming out at the end of this year.
0: Yeah, um, so I read about this uh, in an article by called DiscussingFilm.net. That's you know the tried you know, and true the, um, the premiere news source. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> premiere um, Star Wars news source um, via Reddit, which is of course also where everything's true. Um, but th- they were guessing May March May 2023. Um, yeah, that sounds you right. Know, like give it yeah. a year. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's going to be, uh, I guess it, it is a given that it's going to be an eight episode series, um, which is cool. I guess they'll, you know, for the live action stuff, it seems like they're going for the eight episode sort of 40 to 60 minute episodes. Um, as bo- you know, and the animated ones are going sort of yeah in the 20 minute range, 20 to 30 minute range, which I actually kind of wish the animated ones would be that long too.
1: Yeah. We'll talk a bit about that when we get to uh bad batch because you know, I agree like this. This last two episodes could have been one really long episode. But, you know, something that I think is really interesting is I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't know where this eight episode thing came from other than that's what the Mandalorian is doing. But right. if the if the Star Wars or not Star Wars, the Marvel premiere shows toss anything, they play around with lengths because I think WandaVision was nine episodes and Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think was seven six. or eight Sorry. or six I, and um Loki is six, right? So I think, I think a lot of it is that they're just allowing it to be whatever the story needs up to a certain point that they, if you need a couple extra episodes, they'll give it to them. So we'll see, you know, cool. I, yeah, I, you know, I would say probably anywhere between six and 10 would be my guess. And, I love that. I love that they're taking the British version of, of 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 filmmaking here with this stuff. Is that shorter seasons, which can be depressing because they go by very quickly, but there's not a wasted episode. And so, I'm I, part of me surprised that they're going for eight. This felt like a six episode thing to me for some reason. Oh, really? It just felt like it because I I don't know why. I don't know what made me think that, but I just figured. I don't know. Just something about the, the topic seemed like it really might be a short season. But don't get me wrong. I'll take episode eight episodes happily.
0: Right. So like up to this point, all we knew about the Acolyte was that this is going to be a following a female Dark Side Force user um, at the tail end of the era known as the High Republic. So that's interesting in and of itself as the High Republic's really just kicking off in written form. We're going to get this sort of like coda or parallel story i imagine um you know at at the very end of the era so that's going to be uh very insightful as far as where the whole you know written the book and comic book how republic series is going um which is fantastic um but also so we we got a lot of actually really interesting nuggets here out of leslie in this Mm -hmm. interview um the the first of which is that um her favorite Star Wars media are Star Wars RPGs, role-player games. Hmm. She loves being in the galaxy and making decisions in the galaxy. Um, and I just think that is, that's really cool. I, I mean, I'm not really a big RPG player. <laughs> I, you're a much larger one, but.
1: Uh, well, um, and Grant is, is, is yelling yeah. somewhere that he's not on this episode because he, he. You know, of the three of us, he's the one that actually like runs campaigns. And he's really he's really trying to get us all started on a on a an RPG of our own, which which will totally do. But, you know, I love that because that means I don't know what role she's played. But if you're in an RPG, even if you're not the dungeon, quote unquote, dungeon master, the person running it, but even if you're playing it, you are immersed in storytelling. So that means if she's been playing Star Wars RPG games, she's been telling stories in the Star Wars universe
0: for a, for a lot time.
1: longer than we we've, we've thought, right? Which is great.
0: Yeah, I mean that is the that is the, I don't know, pinnacle of Star Wars nerddom when you're playing, you know, Star Wars RPGs and are like, all right, what's it like to be a droid today, and what's it like to be a bounty hunter, and like, you know, it's good to know she's been in those skins. I, I, it just makes me even more excited about this series knowing that that's that's her angle. Yeah, uh, on all of this. Um, another interesting thing was sort of the flip side of that is that she's she mentioned she brought in a writer that's never seen Star Wars before on purpose, just for like some perspective. Yeah. Um, do you think that's that's healthy? I
1: do. I do. The the more voices we hear, the better. I, you know, again, I mean, I think this is demonstrating something we've talked about, which is collaboration, right? Collaboration, when we see it in Star Wars, seems to work really, really well. Right. Um, you know, if that was the only writer and there wasn't anyone else saying, right. "Hey, you can't do this," that would be prob- a problem. But we clearly have a lot of people surrounding this that know the Star Wars lore, the Star Wars storytelling group, or the story group is going to be taking looks at it and saying, "This works, this doesn't. You need to tweak this." But yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. I, I think that'll. I, I, I want someone. I always want someone in the room that's more focused on good storytelling and less focused on does it fit in Star Wars? Because there's enough people overlooking that part of it that just let storytellers tell the story and the Star Wars people will figure out if it works.
0: Yeah. And I I agree with that. I mean, they do need to tell good stories and I think we are reaching a point where, you know, storytellers can start branching out a little bit. Um, Yeah. And directors can start putting their old thumbprint on the Star Wars galaxy and really taking it to new places because we're, you know, we've pretty much wrung every last drop out of the original trilogy. I mean, I know yeah. there's still going to be a lot of stuff there, but it's like, we can't keep copying a new hope. Um, you know, a million times over it. Yeah. Mandalorian's oh, done that really yeah. well. And um, it's great to have that. And and I'm sure there'll be other things too, but I'm, I'm excited about new storytelling.
1: I agree. The galaxy needs to expand. And right. I think a lot of these ones we're seeing are going to do that, mm-hmm. especially that the acolyte seems like something completely new that we, we haven't seen before.
0: Yeah, and then this last um, bit about it, and this sort of is the flip side of that, right, is is that she really wants to follow in George's footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I just want to uh, read this quote real quick. Um, so she really wants to follow in George's footsteps. He's such a deep worshiper of film and not just the medium of film, but the history of film and the way film has been used. And all the different genres that he infused the original trilogy with is something that not only he can do, Um, is is something that not only he can do. Uh, Then she continues by saying, um, the feedback on social media was, don't make Star Wars political. I'm like, George Lucas made it political. Those (laughs) are political films. War is by nature political. That's just what's up. It's truly what he was interested in talking about and looking at and digging into. So it's kind of impossible to tell a story within his universe that doesn't have to do with something that has to be that the characters see externally reflected in whatever's happening in the galaxy at that particular time period of when it takes place.
1: Yeah. yeah. Amen that. That, that actually made me think of something really quickly. So and this may be a bit of a tangent, but I'm trying to think of like, have we had a non-political Star Wars film? I think we've had one. I think out of the 11 Star Wars movies, we've had, in my opinion, one non-political Star Wars movie. And that is Solo, which I yeah. love. But also the least performing Star Wars movie of all time, again, you know, I it still did fine. I think I think the it got overhyped, the storyline about it being a bomb like it made, I think, like half a billion dollars. Right. It's still very successful, but not, you know. And so that's interesting because every other Star Wars movie is political in nature, as she said. Right. Yeah. War is political. And lucas and lucas film has taken a very clear stance of where they stand yeah. on these issues yeah yeah
0: and it's exciting and um you know and just because like america is like it's it's a touchstone everything's political it doesn't mean that the politicalization that's coming on here is right and it doesn't it certainly doesn't mean we need to stay away from certain ideas because it might offend a minority that thinks right that, like trump is still president like that yeah all the more reason to go the other direction as far yeah. as we considered yeah as far as i'm concerned the other thing i you know at the risk of sort of guessing what grant would say i i know i know Gr- grant always he's sp- specifically with religion is one thing he talks about yeah. a lot. um yep. and saying you know i i wish that they just went there and went into like the you know religious stuff and th- that's a what thing that I, ironically you know the politics around religion is less of a touchstone you know less of a hot button issue than really like um nation state politics are right now and um i hope that she looks into that as well
1: do you want me to read you the literal textbook definition or the literal dictionary definition of acolyte yes a person assisting the celebrant in a religious service or procession here we go get ready So if any show, you know, harkens to that and looks at the, you know, a church of the force in this case, I'm guessing it's to be a church of the dark side of the force. Right. And, and, and we got a, a, a minuscule glimpse of that in the rise of Skywalker. And I'm, I'm excited. There's a chance they may explore that. And I'm sure Grant is very excited about that too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Really. I hope they go full into it. They just, they haven't, there's some stuff in legends. Uh, and it's some Mm -hmm. of the stuff i mean uh darth bane rule of two is probably the the one that comes to mind first where they really get into to what it's like to be on the other side yeah grow up sort of indoctrinated by the dark side and believing that this is right and again very prescient to what's going on in the world now with a lot of nationalism it's like how can people get so dissuaded down this dark path right um you know this could do a lot of legwork to flesh that out in a really exciting way and sith are cool like you yeah. know sith are wrong and they're bad but like i don't read about sith watch sith doing evil stuff all day It's yeah. just fun. it's fiction
1: and what's interesting is like from if you're a person who only watches the movies and the shows which is i'm gonna argue is like 90 percent of star wars fans realistically if not more yeah. um you you've got a only a little taste of sith right because they've kept them mysterious if you read the comics in the books, they definitely explore these in more depth, especially in the old canon. But even in the new canon, we get a little bit of it. So so it's exciting that this is kind of being brought to the forefront of yeah. of Star Wars. I'm excited to see what they do with it and how they explore it in a way that all Star Wars fans will, will see it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't be more excited for this. I mean, yeah, I'm excited yeah. about all these live action series, but this one, when they announced the Acolyte, I was like, oh, that's, that's wild that's a big step yeah um and yeah i guess so further down the line another news item uh this week was that um star wars is now bringing back into canon some <laughs> uh very popular legends book and they're under the title the essential legends collection and um you know people like us who see this think it's more than just trying to repackage and sell more books even though that i'm certainly it. That's a big part stat. of it, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, well, why is this essential? And yeah. so we have four new titles that have been announced. Um, actually, you you just bought the original run. What was the what were the first ones that were? Yeah. Released?
1: So the first ones were the first uh, Timothy Zahn Thrawn trilogy from way back when. And that was heir to the empire. So they released right. the first book of that. Um, then they released the path of destruction, which is the first of the Darth Bane trilogy by True um, Carter. Yeah, Carpathian. Yep, and then Shatterpoint by Matthew Stover, which I think is part of a loose series, but on this they don't have a subtitle. And and that's uh, that's the uh, Mace Windu uh, right. story. We talked a bit about this. Uh, I think when they first announced these, um, and we we can kind of delve back into it. But I, you know, from a, from from a collector standpoint, I love collecting books, and these are really nice paperback. They're my favorite size books to read, yeah. and it actually brings me back to. High school, we, we were given a book assignment where you could pick any book that was that was in this size. And that was considered literature back then. Yeah. So part of me is I wish they had published these and these because I couldn't have gotten away with reading uh, reading a Star Wars book and showed it to my professor and said, look, it's uh, it's written a paperback. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You know, the Timothy Zahn stuff makes sense. He is he's someone who kind of survived the the transition to the new EU and we know that zon is a main character. We've heard or uh, Thrawn is a main Ron. character. I always do that. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, he was he was name checked in The Mandalorian, right? So we're going to see him yeah. in in live action at some point. It's inevitable,
0: I yeah. think. And we've already seen him, uh, the Thrawn character in animated form. Yeah,
1: exactly. And Bane is is canon. He's been mentioned. I think in right in the uh, in the Clone Wars. I think we do we see his. Yeah.
0: He popped up as like yeah. a ghost that Yoda sees. I think on one of the planets he was or band something yeah. or
1: other yeah yeah um so that's that makes sense so i guess we'll probably end up seeing him at some point
0: i hope so that'd be great yeah
1: and then mace windu's mace windu i mean we can go back to the fact that mace windu let's is still alive.
0: so now it. we're gonna just do me. it all right let's do it <laughs> i don't know that's that's just like the that's the sexiest story of them all because it's like yeah. wait and then wait mace windu i mean I read the other books, but I did not read Shatterpoint, and they're just like, oh, yeah, and Mace Windu, just in case you forgot about him, he could totally be alive now.
1: That it's a is- bit of an odd one to bring back, because yeah. I-, I remember I saw it, and I'm like, I remember reading this book, I remember liking it, I don't. I honestly could not tell you anything about it, it's a cl- it's a Clone Wars novel, I think, I think it takes place yeah. in Clone Wars, but to me, it's not, quote-unquote, essential, like, it's not, like, to me, like, the Thrawn, the Darth Bane stuff, the X-Wing series, like to me, it might right. be showing my age. But those are the kind of the ones that really stuck with me. So it is interesting that they chose this one to pull into yeah. you know, republishing.
0: Right. So that brings us to today where they've now announced the next four books that they're going to be publishing. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're small enough you can sort of get your head around it. But um, so this set, uh, it has the second book in the Darth Bane trilogy uh, titled Rule of Two. Yeah. Uh, Again, we say this, I feel like, every week. But if you haven't read the Darth Bane trilogy, yeah. you totally should. And um, get them in these new stylized, um, uh, reissued Essential Legends collections. They're great-looking books. Um, and then Rogue. Well, all right. I, I'm going to skip over that one for a second. But yeah, uh, Dark Force Rising and The Last Command, which are the next two books in that Heir to the Empire series, Thrawn series. Yep. Um, and I'm just looking at the covers here, and I'm, I'm trying to remember these, but we we get uh, the character Mara Jade, which, yep. uh, Adam, if you want to talk about a little bit, you seem to mention her name uh, quite a bit.
1: Yeah, she's always I'm waiting for her to be recanonized. I, I, it's going to happen, I think. I think she's a fan favorite. We have 35 years of, of Luke Skywalker storytelling. I mean, I, we know he all we know is that he defeats the Empire. Goes on a on kind of a, a quest for for uh, looking for things.
0: Force knowledge, yeah. For,
1: force knowledge starts a a school. That school gets destroyed, and then he gives himself puts himself to exile. All in all, we know about five years of this character's story post Empire Strikes right. Back. It feels yeah, like we know so he also
0: was a tutor for Grogu. We just yeah,
1: exactly that. at some point. So there's there's a lot of it makes sense that it makes sense that there's a love story for Luke that hasn't been told. Right. I I think that is a story that needs to be told for that character.
0: Yeah, Um, absolutely. And for, um, for listeners that don't know who Mara Jade is, do you want (laughs) to do a little quick synopsis of that? Uh,
1: Mara Jade. And this is very quick because I, even though I've read everything, it's so confusing with the old EU, but it's very broad strokes. She, um, was the, the emperor's hand, which is basically not a force user. That's not a Sith who just goes out and does, you know, missions for the emperor uh she was tasked with assassinating uh luke skywalker at some point uh they fought a few times fell in love got married and eventually fought uh the yuzan vong and had a kid
0: right but they name <laughs> ben right
1: ben yeah that's that's uh ben skywalker yeah, yeah. which uh i in my read through of the old eu uh he's just born he was just born so yeah. I'm still I'm working my way through what happens there, but yeah. So broad strokes, that's who Mara Jade is, and I don't think we're gonna get the birth and the kid and all that. But I think we are gonna get we we are seeing dark side acolytes, right? We saw him in Rise of Skywalker. We're getting the show the acolyte we talked about. We know that there are dark side users out there other than Sith, right? So it just opens right. the door for a Mara Jade character, and so I think I think that would make sense. I think there's a story there that we'll see.
0: I could definitely see a thing, and again, I'm poor grant is <laughs> part in this but um i could see a way they could weave mara jade's character into the canon now where it's like so Maybe so, like, she was still taking orders from the Empire after, you know, post Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Through one of those. Um, yeah, the messenger, the messenger droids. Messenger droids, the yeah. red-footed, like, scary messenger droids. And, yeah. you know, takes a swipe at, at Luke. Like, that was one of the things. Um, yeah. And so, and, and the coolest thing about Mara's character is that she's a dark side user that sort of came back to the light. But yeah. still will always have that dark side yeah. part of her personality. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and, you know, and Luke is, you know, he's kind of waffles back and forth, too. So. Yeah. A lot of interesting stories to tell there. And then, you know, ultimately, she doesn't end up on two. Um, so, we know, some, you know, they parted, but maybe there's a little Luke out there somewhere running around, which could be a cool story for later. If they ever did a sequel, sequel trilogy. Yeah. Maybe that, you know, person joins up with Ray and co um, in the new new Jedi order. Um. I don't yeah. know, something like that, but you, you know, you could definitely, you could, you could squeaker in there. I think so.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, and, and they've shown that they're willing to recanonize things and to, and borrow from the old EU when it works. I mean, Z- uh, Thrawn is the perfect example of that. So it makes sense. I think, I think we'll definitely see that at some point. I, I, I can't, they are very aware of, of listening to their fan base to a certain extent, right. To a healthy extent. I think they do it to yeah. a healthy extent. Um, they're not super reactionary. Um, I mean, if they were, <laughs> there's a lot. Right. They would have done a lot of things. But um, I, you know, I think I think that's something that a lot of Star Wars fans, myself included, really like that character and would love to see that character. I'm not you know, I don't need to see it if it never happens. I'm fine, but it
0: would be nice. It would be. I, yeah. 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 It's a fun thing. I'm glad they're sort of opening themselves up to that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think you had another story that you wanted to talk about, uh, Adam. That, um...
1: um oh yeah, just real quick, they they announced um the Lucasfilm is not confirmed, the Patty Jenkins has, has mentioned it. Um uh basically the Hollywood reporter is reporting that uh Rogue Scogge in the Patty Jenkins movie has a, a co-writer uh who is Matthew Robinson, sure. um which is interesting. Um he first off the bat, his first out of the gate was the invention of lying, which is the Ricky Gervais comedy from two thousand nine. No kidding. Uh, yeah, which is a is a, con- a high concept movie, right? Like that movie yeah. um, works and doesn't work, but it does take giant swings, and so I appreciate that. Like it's literally that you know that 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 movie is. There's a world where no one lies. Lying is not a thing. People are not capable of it. And Ricky Gervais wakes up one day as the only person able to lie. And what would that be in a <laughs> world if you could lie where no one lied? Right. You would just say something and people would take it as the unvarnished truth. So it wow, was I interesting. I really want to see
0: that movie now.
1: It's super creative and it has some it, it's some stuff that doesn't work or doesn't quite make sense. But again, right. It's a very high concept movie. Um, other than that, you know, not a ton. He did work on a, a movie from this year called Love and Monsters. Um OK, yeah, I've seen that
0: kicking around. the. Uh... Uh,
1: yeah, but he's working on but he's working on some other stuff. He's working on the Edge of Tomorrow sequel and Edge of Tomorrow is yeah. a really good one. Um, yeah. Though what's confusing me, and this is neither here nor there, apparently the name of the sequel to Edge of Tomorrow is Live, Die, Repeat and Repeat, which I am. I like that title. I'm glad they're doing that. <laughs> yeah, Um, that's pretty fun. And he's also working on a remake, of Little Shop of Horrors. So I, the but thing to okay. take away is this is that he writes a lot of different things in a lot of different genres. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what how they use him.
0: And this actually dovetails with um, the book that I forgot to mention, uh, which is oh, right. going to be re- wrapping their heads around and bringing into this um, uh, Essential Legends Collection Rogue Squadron. Right
1: okay. by Ma- Michael Stackpole is that yes, Michael Stackpole. So
0: yeah. I um, mean. I, one can only imagine that this is going to inform the feature film yeah. by uh, Patty Jenkins that we're we're talking about now.
1: Yeah, my biggest question with Rogue Squadron the movie is time period.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah, because I could
1: see them doing anything. I could see them either doing it within the original trilogy or po- just post original trilogy. I could also see them doing post 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 sequel trilogy. Right? They could bring yeah. back the mantle of Rogue Squadron. I'm really interested to see. My my guess, and the one that I'm weirdly less interested in is, I think they're probably going to do it post Return of the Jedi. They seem to love that era.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on there, and I guess maybe they, fe- maybe they're thinking like, well, we have all these live action series happening in that time. Maybe we should just stake a, a, a feature film in that period as well. Yeah, um, and this would I guess make sense there. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. So it's kind of. I mean, in that case, since it would be like a Rangers of the New Republic movie,
1: kind of right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We
0: know like Rangers of the New Republic has been temporarily shelved. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, and again, that that live action series was was dubious, questionable, like an interesting call in the first place. I had no idea who would be in it. Who would, you know, we had yes, yeah. I guess it's a Cara Dune spinoff because everyone's getting a spinoff, but like it's obviously no, no, not it going to be that.
1: Harrison uh, Dula was floating around for a while, I mean, right? That so was us, just, though. I mean, we I, right, but but that counts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are media talking heads, right? Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, again, that's that's the big looming question there with Rogue Squadron, the um, feature film, is when. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would actually love a sequel, sequel sort of affair. Yeah, clean. I love that too. Because <laughs> it would be sort of parallel because and again in like comics, they've covered so much of that terrain with yeah. Rogue Squadron. And it's like I mean, Patty Jenkins could adopt the books, but or adapt the books rather, but it's like that's that would be a first.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll borrow, right? Maybe they'll they'll take what they want from yeah. that. I mean, i I you know, I don't wanna be like, you know, well, they better. You know, I never liked that sentence, but I, it's yeah. going to be odd for me if you have a Rogue Squadron movie and you don't have Wedge until he's at the head right. of Rogue Squadron. If you're doing it post post the, the original trilogy, right? Post Return of the Jedi, which, I mean, maybe they will. You can absolutely, re- I'm not, you can absolutely recast that character, right? Like, he's yeah. not a well-known actor. You can get anyone who looks kind of like that in there. Yeah. Um, just don't make him svelte, which I'm sure they will. Um <laughs> Cause, Wedge is pudgy. Um, but so we'll see, it'll be odd. I don't know if they're going to do that, but if, but if they do it, post, what I like about post sequel trilogy is the world's your oyster, right? Like you can do anything yeah. you want. I mean, you have the, you have the new Republic, the new, new Republic. I don't know what we're calling it at this point, but you do have that yeah. there. And you have, you don't have to do everything. You don't even need to have Poe be part of that necessarily, right? You can have Poe being a high level. He's a general at this point, so he's not out yeah space missions anymore
0: but it'd be so. great to get some cameo from yeah cameos from sequel characters i mean at least sure. one babu frick cameo right uh, of
1: course well he's good he has his own damn x-wing
0: yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean I- i'd love it if yeah uh, you know there <laughs> was some poe going on there as well
1: uh, we only have to wait 18 months to find out oh uh, <laughs> uh, man thank god for all the tv shows
0: yeah yeah right um thank the maker yeah um yeah uh so that uh that's pretty much it that's the news for this week yeah if you're having clone problems i feel bad for you son i have 99 problems but the bad batch ain't one Uh, hit me
1: all right time to discuss another episode of the bad batch uh episode nine bounty lost uh, ben, what'd you think of it?
0: I loved it. Yeah, uh, it was bonkers. Yeah. Totally bonkers. Uh, I, I never like look for the titles beforehand. So mm-hmm. I was like, "Huh, bounty lost? That's interesting. No idea what that meant. And I'm like, oh, so Bane actually lost his bounty.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Okay. And uh, it was interesting. I, I didn't think that like they were going to get um omega back in an episode you know like i thought that might have been a long you know so there's a lot of surprises we get a return from another character that i really like we see omega in action a lot which i like there's a lot of seth green as uh toto 360 the small droid um and and some deep like camino lore Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was thinking of you, you and Ben, you and Grant. I mean, uh, particularly when I was watching this, which I I also thoroughly enjoyed it. But I know we always like the Camino stuff. And man, they they really dug into it. Um, I yeah. Super fun episode. Action packed. Like I to be honest, I was I was actually texting with you while I was watching it a little bit. And so I reversed it because I'm like, oh, I missed something. And really, I just missed three minutes of a fight scene. Yeah, which is which is great. Like I love yeah. that. But it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, like no plot, which I'm like, that's amazing. Like we so rarely get that where it's just this yeah. really great, and we'll talk about who's fighting whom in a little bit. But it was um it's kind of the perfect follow-up to the last episode. This was just stakes were really high, really attention-filled episode. And again, um Star Wars in this and in the Mandalorian are really playing around with horror elements and I'm enjoying it, and and we'll yeah. talk a bit about that as well, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was the, the other thing I, I found surprising, you mentioned, you know, that they got Omega back in a single episode, which I was not expecting, either um, they also revealed some of the secrets surrounding Omega, yes. in, this, in this episode, and you know, we still have what, six episodes to go, I think? Seven, and, seven this, this right, is episode it's, nine, it's nine is, so we have yeah. 16, so that's right, so we have seven episodes to go and they're doing a lot of things that I kept thinking they would wait until the end of the season. So, you know, they're they're just really flying through plot lines in a very satisfying way, but I'm I'm surprised. Yeah.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um yeah, one of the a couple of other like random notes in there. Uh, you know, we were we I think we talked off air about actually no, we might have talked on air about whether it's cross hair or cross hairs. Yeah. And in fact, it you were right the whole time, Adam. It is crosshairs,
1: which is weird because I thought I was wrong, so I kept correcting myself. The thing was because it I, sounds
0: I... wrong, but then when you think about it, crosshairs it means there's it's two sh- of them, and that's where you get the cross from, right? But uh, like
1: I swear they were saying crosshair, like singular. Yeah, so check... I don't know anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Confirmed in the first couple minutes of this when, uh, when crosshairs is pursuing uh, the Bad Batch in a starfighter battle. Um, Texas crosshairs is like on our on our tail or something like that. Um, yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, well, how about that?
1: Yeah, it's weird. Wikipedia has its singular as crosshair. Hmm. But I'm just I'm wondering if they're also just playing around with that themselves because it just doesn't sound right.
0: Maybe man, they did I it just it for you. They're like, Maybe. You know, we're going to validate everything, Adam. Decides. I think
1: I'm just going to start saying crosshairs because it sounds right to me. And I'm not. Gonna,
0: it works for you, man. This I'm is not going to question it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's the other thing I, you know, we saw crosshairs last. Now it sounds wrong that I'm doing it yeah. we, we saw crosshairs <laughs> last week, really burnt up. And I was not expecting to see it. And this this episode just starts immediately with him in the cockpit yeah. chasing after them. So I
0: know at the end of the last yeah. episode, we saw him with oxygen on. And I was like, oh, please have like, a, you know, yeah. need to have an air machine on at all times. Yeah. Now I'm like, be half Android or something crazy. That would be wild. But then now he just actually looks kind of Dengari in this episode where he's just wrapped yeah. up. Bandages,
1: yeah. um I just wonder if they like just pumped him full of of like, yeah, uh, back to <laughs> stimulants, and that's why he's able to do it. And then we're <laughs> just gonna see him next episode being like worked on.
0: Yeah, I I love that antagonist in this. It was like yeah, it's really heavy moment. They lost him, and then like he's just constantly haranguing them, and you know, and he's he's a formidable foe. He knows their every move, so it's. You know, yeah. it just like the hits keep coming from all sides in this show. It's really pretty fun. It is. It really is. Um, Yeah, so I guess I don't know. Where do you want to go next on this one, Adam?
1: Well, I'm just kind of looking over my notes. Do you want to just, do you want to just talk a bit about because they do it relatively early on in this episode. They reveal why Omega is so important to the Camino's Caminoans and and how it relates to others (laughs) and, and you know, sometimes the internet just is the internet and gets everything right. And yeah, it it was kind of my going theory. I don't, I don't tend to spend a lot of time on the theories boards or anything like that. I just, I get annoyed by them. And so (laughs) I remember I thought I was so smart a couple episodes ago when I'm like, I think this is what it is. And the like, yeah, that's kind of what the internet's been saying since the beginning. Uh, And I'm like, right "Eh, that makes sense. But Yeah.
0: yeah. So what, what we're talking about here yeah so like yeah she's an unaltered clone the same yep. as Boba Fett. there was another that was made yeah um and i guess that's why she's valuable because they obviously don't have jango Fett anymore because and i guess i wish we had casual jason for our, for a science explanation here but uh i guess you can't clone an altered clone because the altered clone would be altered it's I better guess, to clone yeah. an unaltered clone and then essentially you have the same genetic material like
1: I'm guessing mutations generation. would stack up on one another, you know, yeah. so you'd start getting very, you know, a lot of right. bad things happening, extra fingers and whatnot. Right. Um,
0: and as we yeah. know from later on, they've had some misadventures yeah. cloning.
1: Uh huh. Which I, I think that is, you know, it's interesting, is I was trying to figure out why were they so desperate to get an, an Arthur clone of Django Fett because it seems like it doesn't seem like that's the issue with the Empire, right? Like the Empire doesn't seem to care about the fact that the, clones are degrading because they are not aware of it so clearly the the kaminoans are doing something else and i think we get a little hint of that right like yeah. that they've, they've had some issues with cloning happening and so it'll be interesting to kind of think about that yeah let's just you know just do go it
0: down let's just go down this yeah. like, rabbit yeah. hole of kaminoans and cloning yeah because there's a lot of stuff at play here w- one of the things is that we find there is a difference of ideology within the highest ranking members of the Kaminoas. Yeah. Um, is it? so Lama Sue is the leader, right? Yeah. We have, and then we have a, uh, ton way, uh, callback. She's there as like a right. Yeah. hand, Um, but she's not the, the usual, uh, right. hand to Lama Sue, what is her name? Uh, the other
1: person <laughs> is Nala say,
0: Nala say, right. Yeah. So new character. And, yep. uh, and Nala Say actually has an attachment to to this human, to the Omega. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, nah, we're not going to. Like, it's revealed that Lama Sue wants her back to to take her genetic, whatever, and then kill her. Yeah. And she's like, nah, nah. Like, all yeah. the way, no. Nah. And I mean, she... Yeah. yeah. To the point she that they have...
1: Exactly. Like, they actually are, like, hiring competing bounty hunters against each other, which is impressive. Because... When you see the Kaminoans in a lot of the ways you just think they're this they're all the same right they're all just obsessed with cloning and I like this now that we're starting to see there's actually even different factions within.
0: Yeah Um, and also I just came up with this um, like a little bit of uh, tinfoil.
1: Lock tinfoil's in attack position. I was just
0: saying so the Kaminoans are cloned right. Yeah. They we we know we're introduced to them in uh episode two, Attack of the Clones, with um that carry the, the greasy spoon chef saying like, oh the Kaminoans are cloners. Yeah. Okay. So we know like this is what they do. This isn't just like yeah. a one-off thing, like they they clone. Do you think and I was always saying I was like, Oh, it's interesting that we have the same characters from episode two all the way, you know, like here. I'm like, I guess they survive, maybe they live long, but like yeah. do you think kaminoans clone themselves i think so
1: and i never really thought about it before this episode either and i think we're getting a little bit and i think there's two things that suggest that that's the case the first is that we actually see kaminoans in right in in pods and i think part of that is why they're so obsessed with getting uh omega right they need unaltered clone dna to figure out how to do that because my guess is that they're cloning each other so much that they can't they don't have the original on themselves anymore. I think there's something going on there. I think that's why they're obsessed.
0: Yeah. Like has Lama Sue ruled for thousands of years, like right?
1: That? Yeah. The other reason, and this is just another, we're just ripping the band-aids off of spoiler alerts. They kill Tanwei off in this ep- in this yeah. episode, and it's off-screen, right? Like you just see her dead body laying there. Like you don't actually see Phoenix Shan killer. I think you just see her lying there and omega sees her lying there it's oh a, it's yeah yeah of,
0: she comes out of the smoke and it's like you hear the the blast and then it's yes. like, oh who got shot and it was like i i knew who it was but i was yeah, like yeah. oh wow
1: yeah, yeah and i was shocked by that because again it's it's a character from you know from the movies and Da tanway is here like it's all every time i hear her name it's all i think of that is, is i only Logan know it because
0: you you actually cite that <laughs> More it's it's, it's one of my
1: favorite human. quotes. I don't know why. Um, and so, you know, not a major character, but again, a character that we've seen on screen that they just kind of killed off, right? And um, that suggests that maybe we haven't seen the last of Tanwe,
0: yeah. right?
1: Like if they are, as you're suggesting, cloning themselves, we might see her pop up again. And that would be a great reveal of like, but wait, we saw her killed.
0: Right. So yeah. they, they, you know, they go to this, old they're like oh go to our decommissioned blah 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 f- our decommissioned plant on a different uh, star system and i can't Lido system oh nice pull, nice pull. i uh, it.
1: wrote it down that's not a <laughs> it, <laughs> it, was it out counts not my dome but yeah
0: no it, it's better if you actually prepare that means that like we're like prepared for the show which we do actually yeah. prepare but it's tough to sort of wrangle all these oh things. you can't write everything down no
1: that's just it sounded familiar to me but it says it's the first appearance they have not mentioned that system before yeah
0: except, so yeah so it's cool. Same design, right? This sort of weird flying saucer sort of um, like stations. These are floating. It's like a cloud yeah. city. Yeah. It's really cool. And it gives uh,
1: us, uh, as a side note, it gives us a kind of a, a different environment that I really loved. Like they're literally, you know, I always think of Lando, you'll be, you know, yeah. with us amongst the clouds, but this actually is because this, the, all the windows are broken and they're just walking through the misty corridors, which are literally just clouds in the middle of their corridors. And I think it's really, it just sets the the scene so awesome in this. And again,
0: the animation is obviously fantastic to be able to capture that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool, it's a cool space. One thing like in my head cannon, I thought that like, I mean, I guess time has passed, right? This could, I mean, if they're doing clones of themselves, because we see a tube actually really gross scene. Oh Yeah in this and like I'm really glad they did it because I guess you could only do it in animation you couldn't like do it in real life yeah because it would be too gross yeah but like I was it Fennec yeah it was Fennec yeah Fennec. so Fennec Shan I guess we're ripping the band off that too. Fennec Shan is the one hired by um Lala Schmirler. uh mm-hmm. Nalase. Nalaseh that's yeah sorry had something sure. stuck in my mouth <laughs> um and uh yeah Nalase. and yeah, and and so a cloning vat like cracks and then like explodes all over her, and she has yeah. like a cloning cadaver on top yeah, of her, like,
1: flops down on her because they're all just limbs, like, right. like, like yeah, just like Catmanowans uh, <laughs> are just one hundred percent limbs. So it's just really, ugh, it it. I just uh, wrote down, I wrote down the gr- the cloning stuff is gruesome.
0: It's gruesome. It's,
1: it's, it's a horror. horror movie.
0: Oh, and you're like covered in that embalming fluid uh, it's like which yeah. has embal- like been there for like decades yeah, barf. yeah. god that was gross and then so they have gross. a great scene of like fennec Chan just stalking away like fuming <laughs> you could actually see yeah. mcdonald when like making the exact same expression just being yeah. like amply have they've done this to me yeah um yeah that was a great scene
1: it was so good um speaking of fennec shand i we last week we kind of had our discussion about cad bane um i'm yeah. officially coming around on cad bane
0: yeah yeah
1: and i think because of how they're using him in this in this show i, I he is um he is scary right he is intimidating yeah. and i think maybe just having him chase a kid right is part of it but he yeah. is there's a couple moments where he pops up and you you start to feel real nervous for omega and and then the fight scene between him and, and Fennec Shan was great, right? Like it was it went on forever. Um, They kept one upping each other and besting each other. It was never clear who was going to be the victor. Um, It was good. I just really enjoyed it. And I think they're using him that de- deploying him correctly in this show. And so I'm actually kind of on board a little bit. I don't think I'll go back. Part of me to like him may never need to go back and rewatch his stuff in the clone Wars, But I think they've kind of figured out a way to use him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think they obviously, you know, we talked about this extensively last week, how yeah, the problem with Cat Bane is that, like, there's there's not a lot of drama around him because he never loses. Right. And it's like, well, I you know, I, I want fallible characters on both sides, and you're, you're just never sort of worried about that. Um, but then, right after that, you know, we get this episode, and Fennec Shand is, you know, is going blow for blow with him. Yeah, and I'm just like they could kill, like, Cad Bane in this show, man. Yeah, yeah, you know?
1: yeah. Exactly. Like, I, it, I didn't know how it was going to turn out for him, and I yeah. Uh, heard that. Yeah,
0: I, I really wish they would just do that. I want to see more on-screen deaths for peripheral characters. It's like, yeah, people die. Like, let's show them yeah. die. It would like add a huge beat to to uh, you know anything yeah. comic or
1: it really uh, would animated yeah.
0: show be I, really pretty great.
1: I think they're waiting for Boba. I think Boba has to pull the trigger on, on Cad Bane and, and whether that is in this or in the book of Boba Fett or in some ancillary thing. And I, part of what I really like too is, and we talked a bit about this. I mean, we just saw a battle between two characters created outside of the movies. Right. Right. And it felt meaningful. And to me, I love when they do that. This, this show is doing so well at merging all of these properties together to, watch cad bane and fennec shan one made for the clone wars one made for the mandalorian fight it out and it feels it makes sense right to see these characters kind of equally you know you know just equals and so i really appreciated that where i'm like oh i actually care about two characters who are not from any of the movies right yeah
0: i was just thinking about like yeah i I love fennec shan in this it's great yeah She's, she's a great character and i love that she's animated and in there you know there's there's been some rumblings online, you know, uh, that that it's like she ages really well. But maybe she ages really well at Star Wars. That's the kind yeah. of science stuff that I'm sure. like, totally OK with. Like, yeah, she ages slow. Yeah, it's like, so that's weird,
1: too, because it's a it's a cartoon, right? So she yeah. could be anywhere between 20 and 50 in the cartoon, yeah. right? Like they don't you don't they don't animate wrinkles on people in these shows. So, right. you know, it is it how much so. What is it? So this is right after episode three. So we have twenty six years. Yeah, about I'm just saying, let's say twenty five between now and the Mandalorian, maybe thirty years.
0: Twenty six I mean, is I think is right. Yeah. I mean,
1: I, you know, I'm just gonna let's look up Ming-Na and see how old. Maybe it's not the best yeah. time of our, but but like she's not young. I mean, she's been acting forever. Um, yeah, she's fifty seven. The the actress is fifty seven.
0: Oh, Ming Dao um, Wen is. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Because dude, like I was gonna say that I'm like no, maybe she's like yeah. like, like thirty two or something, and I'm like totally
1: yeah. So she so she was you know in her late mid to late twenties in the in the clone in this cartoon that would make her the right age, which she totally could be. So you know it's not that Fenix Chan ages really well; it's that Ming nan Wen. Ming-Nan Wen ages, really ages really well, really well. right? Like that's, <laughs> like that's that's the takeaway. Yeah, but she's I, I remember her. I remember watching her in shows. She was in the Joy Lock, Lock Club when I was young. Like yeah. she's been in movies and acting for for a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we just see more of her. Uh, I know she's great. It's yeah. um, really cool t- team up, man. That's really yeah, great. I, I, you know, I didn't I didn't love her character in. um What was an agency shield, but. I, that no, was more like I didn't uh, love uh, Agents of yeah. Shield, even though I watched right. every episode. Um, I, that was more of an Agents of Shield problem, and then, but I, I, I adored <laughs> exactly. her in yeah. Mandalorian. It was like, like they actually gave her some range, and she's great. They gave her a sweet outfit. Yeah,
1: I yeah. agree. Um, oh, I just, uh, just totally out of left field, but it I popped in my brain again, and I wanted to bring it up on her. Do you know what? Um, do you know what Cad Bane's Ship is called.
0: Oh, I forget. He said it, though, in this episode, right?
1: I think so. Or it might, I might have seen it, but it's called The Justifier.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> no, they didn't say that. In the episode. <laughs> yeah, I can remember
1: they said it if I just saw it on Wikipedia where I'm like,
0: Justifier. Yeah, sometimes that's
1: that's the only issue. We won't we won't rediscuss it. But sometimes they do stuff that's a little on the nose
0: with cat. Yeah. You know, they kind of I don't think. Cad Bane had the spaghetti western soundtrack to him when he in the clone wars. They they were sort of light-handed in the fact that he's like this space cowboy duros, but now I feel like they're piling it on. I mean, he just oh, gets yeah. like yeah. the Ennio Morricone like treatment every time he walks on screen or is just like as his face on screen, he's just like this, you know, old west gunfighter. Um, yeah. And then of course you get Justifier, which I'm sure is a call oh, yeah. to uh Timothy Oliphant's right. uh, show, Justified, where Timothy Oliphant is essentially, you know, uh, yep. Clint Eastwood. Modern-day cowboy. Yeah, modern-day yeah. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, awesome. awesome. Do
1: you stuff. know what the name, now that we're talking about ships, the names. of the name of, uh, you know, uh, Bad Batch's ship is?
0: Nope.
1: The Havoc Marauder.
0: Whoa!
1: Yeah, I don't know where that came from. I don't remember hearing that in any show, but that's what it is on Wikipedia. So, the
0: Havoc marauder, marauder,
1: yeah, that's
0: it's a kind of plain looking ship. I know uh, Grant really loves this design on, on yeah. the ship, but to me, it looks kind of like a souped up uh Imperial shuttle, yeah, you know. But the other ships, though, uh, the Justifier really cool ship with like, I like
1: it a lot, different yeah.
0: animation than we've seen before, um. And then uh, Fennec Shan's ship as well. Very, very cool. I love that sign. You don't have Fennec Shan's ship's name in there, do you? (laughs) I
1: don't. I did not see it named. So that might be up for naming grabs. I don't think they've. Yeah, I don't see it. Oh, come on, Warby Parker. I'm not going to buy glasses from you. Sorry. (laughs) Mostly because I'm wearing them and I don't need new ones. Um, yeah, nope, FedEx ship. That's all it says. They have not uh-huh. named it yet, so that's up it's, for grabs.
0: All I know is the name's not going to be better than Havoc Marauder.
1: That's pretty classy. That's a classy name for a ship,
0: yeah. <laughs> all right, now it's that's every episode here, two four will be like, then they re- got back on the Havoc, Havoc Marauder. Marauder,
1: yeah. How do you not say that? Like, how do they not say that constantly in the show,
0: right? Uh, It's kind of a mouthful to be like, get back on the Havoc Marauder.
1: (laughs) Uh, What else? Uh, Boba is indeed named Alpha. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so when I heard that, I was like, wow, we talked exactly about that. Yeah, but I guess that uh, you know if Grant's saying it's Internet leaks, but you came up to it on up with it on I, your own. I mean, I
1: will, I will, I will argue that I will claim that like yes, I came up with that on my own. It doesn't. It just means that I'm just as inventive as the Internet, which isn't very inventive. But um, but but, <laughs> but I like it. I like that story. I think it's good. I think that also means we'll definitely get a Boba Fett cameo in here at some point. We have to get some Boba Fett. You know, you can't have his sister, his his only relative, running around be interesting be interesting to see what this does for boba fett lore
0: yeah it makes a lot of sense alpha and omega like yeah Yeah. that's the way they do it but i i still i still imagined a different fate for her uh or i would also say i would have enjoyed something wilder than you know another callback to a a character that we've that we've had yeah but it just it does make sense they're cloners they started with boba and Django. you know it makes sense this would be you know that's what omega would mean um, yeah, So um, yeah,
1: kind of relate to that. I was I was surprised that Fennec Shan was actually working for Nala Se. Um I thought I really thought she was working for Boba or with Boba. That was my big thought. Oh,
0: in the, the previous just,
1: episodes and yeah. in this one, I don't I, I I don't dislike. I like this idea. Like we talked about that there's different factions, but I was I was really surprised by that. I thought for sure when she was going to contact her employer that it was going to be Boba Fett.
0: Yeah, that would have been cool. A young Boba Fett. I would have really liked if uh, there was another faction that was involved. Yeah. You know, like yeah. another sort of head fake where you think that the Kimonoans are, you know, behind this. All right, we finally figured this out. They revealed it. But then it's revealed, no, there was another faction that was after her for this other reason. Yeah, that might be getting too complicated for a 16 episode series.
1: But I don't know. I I like it. I think we had talked about earlier in the season that uh, we like that there are so many different people and things after them. Yeah. And so now we're starting to cut some of those off a little bit or. or, And so I agree. Like, I think that's part of it is like, I like that we have different factions in the Kaminoans. But now we just really have the Kaminoans after them one group or the other and crosshairs right that's kind right. of it those are now the two big bads and we had a lot of them going on for a while now i feel like they're kind of settling yeah
0: in. i mean we might see um the trandoshan from uh, uh Sid said yeah. yeah yeah um she might still want her pound of flesh it's true um yeah oh and then you know there's also the the rebellions lurking out there and the um uh Yeah, I got Rex, gr-
1: right? out there and Rex is
0: out there and then um yeah. there's also the partisans, uh Saga's group.
1: Yeah.
0: Was it the Partisans? I don't know. Saga's it's group it's, anyways. It is the partisans, yeah, okay. definitely
1: it that just sounds yeah. wrong, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That doesn't seem right. They they're they're always just like the extremist group, and so I try to think of a more extreme name than the partisans, but yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. So they were, they're were they out there lurking somewhere, too. Um, and I guess this is going to be a pretty energetic head here with the last seven episodes of the season um, with these two there. I mean, they're also, you know, we still have the plot line that they're trying to find their way in the galaxy and find their place. So I don't know. Where, where do you think it's going at this point? Do you think they're going to, like, head towards a rebellion or are they going to be farmers or?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think they're more going to. I think part of what's happening here is we're starting to see, like we saw how frantic Havoc or uh, Hunter was to get Omega back. Right. And we could see the part where Omega hugs him at the end and he seems kind of somewhat uncomfortable. And I read that as he's uncomfortable with how connected he's feeling to this, to this child, right? Like he's, he's developing these paternal feelings. And I think what's going to happen is that's going to lead them away from the rebellion because, they, what they're starting to see is so many people want Omega for so many different reasons that they yeah. have to stay under the radar. So I think they're going to become um, more along the ways of less mercenaries, but more maybe smugglers or more maybe something of having to survive running missions that are under the radar. So I think that's kind of where we're going to get to kind of just on the run constantly. Right.
0: That was the other, like, I think this, is, I talked about this last week the Garden of Forking Paths that they could go. Right. Right, they could, you know, the, uh, we we mentioned like, oh, maybe they team up with Cad Bane. And Cad Bane turns them into bounty hunters, but like yep. we know, that's probably not going to happen. Yep. But it could yep. be Fennec shan Now she's been had de- dealings with them a couple times. Are they going to be rebels? Yeah. Are they going to get re assimilated into the Empire? I don't think that's going to be the case. But I mean, they're out there. Yeah. But um, you know, where are they? Where are they going to go? What are they going to do? And yeah. I think I, the Fennec Shand are they gonna is, live? I don't
1: know, right? We don't know. Like we've talked about there, there's a lot of redundancies and holes in this team. So things could happen. Um, I think the Fennec Shand idea is interesting and definitely a possibility because, um, you know, we know that the other Kaminoans, Owens, um, like Lamasu, is fine with destroying her. Nala Se, as you mentioned, has some kind of connection, right? Yeah. So we don't know she, if she or they have ill content or ill ideas for Omega, right? It might be the protection. It might be that, yes, I want some of your DNA, but I don't need to, you know, I can't remember the word they use, terminate her after that, right? right? So so it might be, right, that, that that's what what she's actually doing. I mean, to the point where she killed or had another Kaminoan kill. Right, like that. That's one thing that's really striking to me when they revealed that it was Nala Say hiring Fennec Shand that that she went so far as to have uh, another member killed. One thing I think is funny um, is the episode ends with the line, "I promise," something along the lines of, "I promise you will you'll never go back. You'll never have to go back." Go to, back to Camino, and I'm like, I literally like, well, that clearly won't be. They clearly won't be keeping that promise. Like that right. is. That's some heavy handed foreshadowing that Stephen yeah. King would even appreciate. Um, <laughs> so, so I think, I think that's, I think one thing we know for sure is they're going back, they're Camino. Going back to Camino. <laughs> At some point, yeah.
0: yeah. We'll see, man. Um, it's going to be going to be a blast of a ride there. Yeah. Checking that all out. I, yeah, I don't, I have no idea where they're going to go. I'm work. just think, you know, yeah. thinking about the Caminoans and like, does it not matter as much that they killed one? Because there's probably they have another, you know, ton way on ice somewhere.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing that's what we're going to see. Right. And 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 the other thing that's interesting is they're so obsessed with Omega. They know Alpha or Boba Fett's out there somewhere. So they must be chasing him around. Right. They must have bounties out on him.
0: I wonder about that.
1: Unless there's there was like part of a
0: contract just, thing. Maybe
1: unless there's something specifically additionally unique which i think is an oxymoron but additionally unique about omega right because we don't actually hear what hunter says to omega we just say you have to tell her why she's special and i think what we're led to assume which we're probably right is that he told her the exact same information we heard earlier earlier in the episode maybe but there might be something more there might be something even more that as much as she's an unaltered clone of Django we don't know if there's not something else connect, contained in her dna or some something else that's special about her because again she is unaltered but she is of a different sex we assume yeah. right at least of a different gender we don't we don't know biologically but we assume biologically
0: yeah
1: so so something's going on
0: Something's going on there. So are you saying you're holding out hope that she may be a force wielder still?
1: (sighs) No, I think I've kind of let that go, which I'm, I'm very happy about actually. Like I, I, it'd be very nice to have a a star Wars story without a force user at the center for a while. Nothing against force users. It's just, again, extends the universe. And we can tell stories that we don't have to have someone there, but maybe it could still happen. Right. It could be that we, we know that although the force does connect to bloodlines we've seen that quite a bit in a lot of the movies that's not the only thing right we know the force can it does seem to suggest the force can pop up in individuals randomly so there's still a chance that she could be force sensitive and that may be why she's special right that they have cloned billions or millions at least millions of, of jango fets and one out of a million happened to, for some reason connect to the force and that might be why they're obsessed with her
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I hope we learn more about that relationship there and, and why why she is so special.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: All right, well, we're going to forego talking about the comics this week because Vader is Grant's favorite comic. Yeah, it doesn't you know, seem
1: right talking about Vader yeah. without without Grant.
0: So we'll do two next week, which will be fun. Also, uh, we'll do Vader and then whatever's next. Is it uh, actually a Bounty Hunters, like a crossover issue? Bounty Hunters uh, two? It might
1: be it might be or it might be alpha or uh afro it might be an afro comic
0: it's an it's afro 11 it's ne- next week All so right. we'll do vader and afro next week that'll be a fun week yeah 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 vader 13 afro
1: 11 um, yeah oh and the star Wars uh, high republic number six so that's gonna be oh. jam-packed next week so we'll have a
0: cool. starlight
1: beacon bulletin a couple of uh boba's bounty boards um and that actually might be a good place to talk next week a bit about what we're hoping to see or we think we might see in the second, second part, second.
0: Oh, of war of the bounty Hunters uh,
1: Of, uh, no, I was going to say of, well, actually, yes. Yeah, so talk about what we think we're going to see in war of the bounty Hunters number two and what we're going to see in the second ha- second section of mm. the higher public stuff, because right. Kevin Stott, Scott's novel comes out next week as well, which, you know, we'll give everyone a couple of weeks to read, but we can talk a bit about, you know, where we might be headed
0: yeah do a, that's right we were talking about doing like a little primer on part two yeah or phase two or whatever they're calling it of, yeah phase uh, two public. that's
1: exactly what they're calling it yeah,
0: yeah. Cool. cool cool all right well um everyone thanks so much for listening to us uh feel free to communicate your star wars ideas and thoughts to us via instagram or twitter or discord and um yeah have a great week may the force be with you This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you always.